Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm excited to bring you guys another episode of the JOP MMA show. I'm very stoked to have Nate come back. Obviously, I'm always going to do this with Nate, so he's always going to be here. But it's always great talking to Nate about mixed martial arts. And we had to, you know, make a call. We had to travel across the international border. We had to go to the falls and we tapped into our good old buddy Brandon. You guys know Brandon. He's been on the MMA show before, but he kept it real. It was awesome. It was super last minute uh, to get Brandon on the line. And I was super excited that he was down to do it. And I felt a little rushed in the beginning because he had mentioned that he had a hard out and I just wanted to get his thoughts on the most important fights on the card, in my opinion. But it turns out he literally stayed for like 80% of the podcast which was awesome. I, I love talking to Brandon, uh, especially on a podcast because him and I, we always text either uh, like during an event or after the event, we'll just kind of give each other like our review. So it's always great to have him on the line. And I just want to give a quick shout out to Andrew from Payback. Uh, we're going to get you on for the DC and Stipe card. Looking forward to that. But shout out to UFC. They just announced their new... Um, sponsorship deal for the uniforms they teamed up with the mma brand venom which i was really excited to see I'm, I'm really happy that reebok is going away i just want the fighters to get paid and i just hope this partnership this uh sponsorship this deal is better than what reebok did they've had seven years to correct this big black eye on the sport and i hope that they do an amazing job with that but it's friday the pay-per-view is tomorrow. All the fighters weighed in. Everybody was fine. And as far as I've, uh, well, as far as I know right now at the recording of this podcast, nobody has tested positive for Corona. So everything as of right now is a go. And I'm, I'm really excited. The first fight card on Fight Island. This is insane. We got three title fights, which have, it's happened in the past, but I'm just really hoping that it, all the fights live up to their potential. Um, so many awesome fights from top to bottom. And I'm really excited to watch it and hang out with my friends. And I hope all of you are staying safe. I hope you guys are enjoying the fight card. I hope you guys have as much fun as we do when we watch it. So please, without further ado, welcome Nate and Brandon to the podcast. All right, and we're back with the MMA podcast. We're here with Nate and Brandon. How's it going, guys? I'm doing great. Going well. Okay, and Brandon, I, I know um, you have a hard out, so I'm, whenever you have to go, just uh, let us know, and uh, I, it'll be all right. Absolutely. Okay, so since um, we have limited time with you, I just wanted to um, have you on the call. I, I wanted to get your thoughts on uh ufc 251 fight island and how this whole thing came together uh i don't know too much about uh exactly how how it was done the behind the scenes but i'm sure there was a lot of political uh moves made and uh as long as it's safe uh and and everyone wants to do it then 
uh, I'm happy for the athletes to, to go there and, and have a chance to compete. And uh, it's, it's a pretty, pretty bizarre and interesting thing that to see happen. Uh, I, I don't know. It's kind of, kind of, uh, it, it's kind of awe. It, it, you're in awe to see what they kind of accomplished to, to make sure these fights will go on. But I'm, I'm excited to see some of the, some of the matches, some of the, some of the fights. So I will be tuning in. Awesome. And, uh, I, I'm just curious about your, your picks. Uh, we can go down the, the main card and I'm just curious to, about who you're picking. Uh, like the, the first fight on the pay-per-view is Amanda Rebus versus, uh, Paige Van Zandt. I, I'm just curious who you got in that one. I'm going to go with that. This is maybe the, for me, the hardest pick. I might lean a little bit towards Paige. Um, I think she's kind of I, I more so because she's she's kind of fighting for uh, a new contract. I think that might kind of put a fire under. She I know she wants a new contract. She wants to fight this out. Before she didn't. They didn't negotiate. So maybe she wants to to do that so that she can. Uh, she wants to have a big win. Maybe if maybe she feels really confident and finished so that she can negotiate a better contract. But. Uh, Rebus is a is a hard fight for her. I it, it's this is for me the hardest pick probably on the card. Yeah, no, I I, I definitely yeah have... something to consider. Go ahead, Nate. I was gonna say something to consider is like what other promotions could you go to now? You know what I mean? Because <laughs> not a lot of other oh, promotions true. are even doing events. So it's like even if you did want to wait out, like you know, I know like before COVID nineteen that was the plan, but now it's like. Would you want to give up, you know, that possibility of like fighting out, you know, like, because it's like kind of unknown if someone would really want to pay her more, because especially if she loses, it kind of leaves her in an even worse spot, if anything. That's very true. Yeah, that's true. I, I didn't even think about that. What? There's no Bella, there's no Bellator, there's no one, no one, there's no one to go to. She, you're kind of stuck even more so in the UFC. Yeah, she might have to go back to doing those Instagram posts and making the real money there. The the re I heard. But the where Reebok, are you going to say, Jamie? I don't know. Oh, oh no, I'm sorry. The, the, yeah, the Reebok deal ends this year. Yeah. So go ahead. So Brandon. maybe fighters will have a little more incentive to 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 take a little less money if they allow them to put um, sponsors back on. But I don't think that's going to happen. So, but maybe you never know. Yeah, it's it's the trip. What when you think about fighters, we're making like you know six figure, uh, you know deals with these sponsors for their fights, and they're only getting like you know from Reebok, like twenty five hundred bucks, which is like I, I think is just straight up just wrong. And those fighters deserve, in my opinion, I, I think they, they deserve to have that option to get those sponsors. Uh, and I, I get like I know Dan has, has talked about it. Well, we don't stop them from getting sponsors outside of. Uh, you know the arena and the cage and stuff, but it's like, yeah, but you're forcing them to wear this crappy Reebok stuff that does, does never look cool. So I wish they would find some way to compromise uh, and maybe give them at least like one or two, so that they could you know try to have like a little bit better income. And I feel like that would be like should be in like the better interest of the UFC since they get so much shit for underpaying their athletes. Yeah, th- th- there's got to that's that would be that was the give and take from the old day. 
you might not make a lot on your contract. You're, you're fighting for 12 and 12, but at least you can make 20, 30 grand, even as, you know, a mid tier fighter. And that really helped out. Yeah. So it's only really strange yeah. times. Go ahead, Nate. Uh, I was going to say, it be, I mean, they said they already were talking with other possibilities, like other sponsors. So I wonder if, you know, anyone else is kind of looking like Adidas or Nike, where they're kind of like maybe trying to look to send us, you know, maybe if you get someone like Adidas, they might not care if you, you know, they might have an overall uniform, but they might have spots available for you to put sponsors, you know? Because I kind of don't like how some people get like the monster sponsorships on their shorts, but then other people don't, you know, like that kind of seems unfair because I feel like those people just because of the UFC's, you know, dealings with monster or, you know, Modelo, any of them like that every once in a while, you'll see them on like champions or things like that. And I feel like you got to like open it up for, you know, if they're already on like a sponsor for the UFC, at least allow them to sponsor individual fighters as well. Yeah, I, I was listening to DC and Helwani, um, which uh, airs on Mondays. It's like my new favorite thing. And Ariel brought up how through this whole entire Reebok deal, Reebok has never struck up a sponsorship for DC, but they have with like a ton of other athletes. And I was thinking about it like, oh, shit, that's that's wild. Like you're talking about DC, like, you know, you could argue that he's, you know, top three greatest fighter of all time, you know, double champion, uh, lightweight, uh, excuse me light heavyweight and heavyweight and it was, it was just like a trip to me that yeah like how did they never strike up a deal with him uh you know like the the was is he's like the second champ champ or the third champ champ and it's just like just so ridiculous to me that they they never did that well speaking of page fans and then she gets sponsored by them yeah they, they they sponsored like yair rodriguez yeah. like people like a lot of people that they did tap into um just didn't really flourish like dc and, and it was just like crazy to me that they just never went after him yeah. Maybe maybe it's because he's a little too they they think he's a little too old, whereas Yair and Paige are are younger. They have meant a lot of years left in the sport. They have a little more mainstream appeal, maybe. But like you said, how do you get more mainstream than a a, a champion of two weight classes, the heaviest and the heaviest yeah. two weight classes? Yeah, it's, it's only a trip. But okay, um, uh, Brandon, the next fight that we got. Oh, it's a rematch, Jessica Andrade versus Rose Namajunas. I'm really curious to see who you're picking for this one. Rose was winning that fight. Everyone everyone knows uh, Andrade is really, really tough. And I think that's, I think, I just think that Rose having Pat Barry just, it's, it, the work they've put in, I know she's she's. I've seen an interview. She's she's fired up to come back. I know she wants this win. I think she takes it as long as she keeps the fight at her at her range. I think uh, Andrade gets in close. She's way more powerful. She like she slammed Rose so hard. I thought that was it. I thought that was her career. She came back from that uh, neck surgery. I or. I'm not sure if she had a surgery, but I know she had a, uh, I don't know if she just had a fractured vertebrae or I know she had some injury to her neck, a serious injury. I thought that was it. I thought her career was over. I thought she was going, I, I, I thought she'd never fight again. Uh, if she can keep her at distance and 
and play the kickboxing game, it's it's um it's Rose's fight. If if Andrade gets in, it's she could land a huge punch. She could she could make it a a, a brawl. She could make it dirty and and maybe she she puts Rose away. But I think I think ultimately I would I'd give it a a sixty percent chance. I'd lean a little more to Rose. It's it's a tough fight to pick too. I think it's two hungry, two hungry fighters. Both are former champions. They both want the belt. Yeah, when I look at this fight, yeah, Rose was dominating the first round, and she she just made a big error in holding on to that submission and you know getting slammed on her head. Uh, but when I look at uh, Rose, I, I'm a huge fan of her coach, uh, Trevor Whitman. We saw what he did with uh, Justin Gaethje and him uh, getting that interim title. I'm just, uh, you know, really high on him as a coach. I, I've always liked like what he did with his athletes up there in uh, the Colorado area. Um, but I, I'm, I'm really curious to see, um, you know, uh, and I'm hoping and I, I'm, I'm picking Rose just to be clear, but I, I hope that she does stick to uh, her strategy uh, and try to keep the fight, you know, at a distance and cause she fights from range like really well. And I feel like she, she, what she was doing in the first round of, of the first fight, I, I just hope she kind of just brings that back and um, implements it better and not let Androge get in on her and get a hold of her. Cause that's when things get scary. It's, it's yeah, not I agree. even, I think Rose is just, I was, I was just saying, she's just, I think a tech better technical fighter Rose overall. Jessica, you know, like she's like a brute. She's always moving forward. But I mean, if you can, you know, Rose has just better people in her corner, in my opinion. And I think they are actively, you know, making adjustments. I mean, look at the adjustments like that they gave Gaethje in his, you know, match against Ferguson. I mean, completely 180, you know, from, you know, in the corner, like really pushed him to the next level. And so I kind of just see the same thing happening with Rose. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, like Nate said, she she Andrade is going to rely on on toughness, and that can only get you so far. You know, Rose is, is even even in jujitsu. She I'm pretty sure she has a lot of submission wins. Her jujitsu is pretty tight. It's it's if it gets if it gets a little uh, a little dirty and and all the all the skill goes out the window and she starts brawling with Andrade, that's when she might have some trouble. So, uh, Brandon, I, I don't think I've ever asked you about uh, your opinion on uh, Henry Cejudo. Uh, he recently defeated Dominic Cruz and then just vacated his title and retired. I, I to be honest, I was a, a, a fan of him. It, it took me a second to, to get on board, uh, you know, with all of his weird uh, king of cringe antics. But I just, uh, you know, had to take a step back and um, just assess him as just a fighter, and I, I just realized that he's really solid and honestly one of the best and for him to to walk away i, I thought was insane but I, I i was just curious what were your thoughts on henry Cejudo? with the like great fighter every everything about him when he was fighting dillashaw i i i felt it was very awkward and weird just like everyone else and and it was it's strange to see Somebody just have a kind of a switch in personality a little bit. And it might be because he had a little more spotlight on him. They, they, they're trying to, they're in a weird sport where they have to promote themselves constantly. And he grew on me a lot. And I think I got that it was a little more, he, I don't know if he, he kind of 
clued in it's not going the right way and people think it's a little little bizarre but he, it feels like he like leaned into that and he kind of won me over with with it it was a little it was a little strange but incredible fighter i i would even like to see him fight at 145 i know he's a little short for the division but he's not that much shorter than volkanovsky and uh he just beat uh uh cruz who's taller than volkanovsky so i think i think i think he he something clicked later in his career and he's I, I'd like to see him return to the sport because I, I became a big fan of, of his. Yeah, I, I think something really important with Henry Cejudo was that that loss to Demetrius Johnson because he, he went on like that world tour and was like kind of floating around through different gyms and just getting a bunch of different looks. And I, I think that that really, uh, you know, turned his career around and he was able to just become like a more complete martial artist. Because if you look at him before, uh, his like his striking was OK, but but I feel like after that world tour that he did, he came back and, uh, you know, had like a whole different stance and was like way more comfortable, like on his feet. And obviously his wrestling is always going to be there because he's like, you know, a Olympic gold medalist. Uh, so I was just really, uh, you know, impressed with the way he was able to turn around after that loss to Mighty Mouse. Yeah, like he came, know, he came what back I, with like like a karate, a weird karate kickboxer style stand up. Like it was really impressive to see. Yeah. I was mentioning this to Jamie uh, the other day that he, um, Cejudo's actually with Kamar Usman. At, like he actually is at Fight Island with everyone. And so, oh. and everyone thought that was kind of weird, you know, like, why is he here? He's retired, you know, I mean, they have the same manager, you know, Ali, but, um, but lately he's been back on, um, you know, Twitter and kind of pushing, like, he, I saw him push the Mighty Mouse, like, trilogy, which, you know, now with one, you know, kind of on the sidelines and then they have this Spide Island, that's actually more of a possibility to happen because it could, you know, maybe even borrow Mighty Mouse just for that if they wanted but um, I know he's been pushing for the Alexander fight because he feels, you know, that he could take Volkanovski out. And so I wonder if that's what they're trying. To, I don't know if he's there to, you know, stick with the Bantams, like kind of, you know, mess with Peter Jan and Jose Aldo. But I kind of feel like he's there to kind of poke at Alexander just in case he wins to kind of like push himself in that kind of light where, hey, we should do this, you know, I because he did express interest that he wanted to go up the featherweight. It's it's an in, him him and him and Alexander. I think is a is a is a good matchup for Henry. Yeah. Whereas it, it's like it's almost like George St. Pierre coming back to fight Bis, Bisping. It was the only fight he could have. It was the best moment in time for George to come back to win a belt against somebody he could have beat. I don't know if Cejudo could beat Holloway or some of the other uh, 145. I think they they get a little bigger. I think they get just a little larger, and it gets a little too difficult. But um, Volkanovski, it's it's just the height. He's he's so close to height. He is a big. He's a really big, big, big person. But I think that that is his. Volkanovski is Cejudo's Bisping, and then he could retire as somebody who won three three belts in three different ways. He'd be the first one, too. 
probably be the only one ever because I don't think anyone could do it ever again. I think the stars are aligning. If if Volkanovski wins, the stars have aligned for Henry and he will fight for the 145 title. That would be insane just to think about. Uncle Dana. Like a Dana White, I don't know. I think it's like I always laugh because they zoom in on his face, you know, when Cejudo announces he's retiring. He just was like, "What the hell?" Yeah, they don't like that at all. That's yeah. a, that, I I believe it though. I I think he, if it's not for the right fight, I don't think he cares to come back. Yeah, yeah, because I don't feel I don't like know, especially he... now that he doesn't have the belt. Well, and also, I, I don't think he really needs to prove anything because you got to think about he went from beating Mighty Mouse to, uh, you know, uh, juiced up TJ Dillashaw to defeating Dominic Cruz. That's a pretty impressive run. Yeah, he, there's there's no one else really to, to beat. Yeah, outside of another champ. But, uh, so, Peter Yan, Jose Aldo fighting for the vacant bantamweight belt. And if I'm being honest, I, I feel like I've, I've kind of, uh, you know, have been drinking the, the, the Kool-Aid of Peter Yan and I've totally counted out Jose Aldo. But then, uh, like this morning, I, I kind of took a step back and, you know, just, uh, rewatched the, uh, Jose Aldo's last fight. And you kind of realized that he kind of got robbed in that decision against Marlon Marais. And I was like, you know what? Why am I counting out Jose Aldo? You're like, yeah. Max Holloway was his kryptonite, and he dropped in weight, and he's looked great in that fight against Marlon Rice, who's like you know probably one of the best bantamweights ever. So I don't think Peter Yan's going to go in there and smoke Jose Aldo. I think this is actually going to be a really competitive fight. So like this is the, um, one fight that I don't even know who I'm going to pick. Definitely his toughest fight yet, Peter Yan, because I mean you got to think like Peter Yan, he fought good people, but. He hasn't fought like someone like Jose Aldo. You know what I mean? Like he fought Faber, but Faber, you know, he wasn't. You know, he just kind of was retired at that point. And you know, he came back and he looked pretty good. Like he was able to maintain himself pretty well for not being like very consistent in the ring. But yeah, I mean, Peter Jan, this is definitely going to be his toughest choice. But I mean, he just seems like one of those people who just can take a hit. You know what I mean? Like I feel like this is going to be a hell of a fight. I think. I think it's going to be a decision, to be honest. I don't see either of them going out. And if it did, I think it'd be Jan over Aldo. If, you know, someone was to KO someone. I, I think, I think, uh, if it's a KO, I think, uh, Nate's right. I think Aldo's got, uh, quite a few more miles on him. And I think he, he might, you know, I think Holloway really kind of put him through the, the ringer. And I think, It'll be a war, and I think they both really want it. I would kind of personally, I want to see uh, Aldo take it. I'm a, I'm a big fan. I he's got to he's got to he's got to take it to the to the ground, or he's got to destroy his legs because uh, Jan's boxing's really sharp. He also does really really uh, like he knocked out Faber coming out of. Uh, an exchange or a clinch I can't remember but uh, with the most I don't know why fighters don't do it more coming out of clinches just trying to land land a, a kick he landed a, a huge head kick on Faber dropped him like that was incredible but take take his take yeah. his boxing away that's how he sets everything up he's just a he's a really really crisp boxer I think Jose's more of a total MMA package 
I think he's more of a, has a really strong uh, Muay Thai and kickboxing foundation, and and he's a really good uh, he, he's really good on the ground. He's got pretty good jujitsu. He's got pretty decent wrestling. Um, he's he's fought a lot of wrestlers before, so Peter Yan's not really a wrestler. Peter Yan just feels a little, little more like a like a like a striker in an MMA setting. He has he has good takedown defense though. Peter Yawn. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. What the, about you, Jamie? I just I don't know. For some reason, I I, I was counting out Jose Aldo, and I just I I just don't want to do that anymore. So uh, I'll I'll go with honestly. I'd be okay with both of them to win. Like I I don't mind. You know. Yeah. What like, I want to see a is matchup. I think I I, I want to see uh, you know whoever wins. Um, I don't really have a whole lot of uh, personal investment in either of these fighters who I'm really looking forward to see fighting for that Bantamweight belt is uh, Aljamain Sterling. I feel like he has been, uh, you know, top level for a, a really long time. Like, yeah, he had that uh, freak donk out against uh, Marlon Marais where he got kicked. Uh, he got caught with like with like a knee when Marlon threw that, like, that head kick. That was like really crazy. And he did that dance or whatever. He he got memed, but I, I feel like he like in his last performance, just uh, you know, taking out uh, you know uh, uh, the Sandman. I was like really impressed. I was I was I was impressed at how fast he did it because like I thought that fight was going to be like you know pretty challenging yeah. for him, but he went in there and just smoked him, and it was it was insane. So like I, I can't wait to see him finally get his chance at fighting for the bantamweight title. I I feel like Jan was maybe. I don't know if other people feel this way, but I feel like he wasn't at the title shot yet. I feel like he needed another fight to get there. And I felt like Sterling was there and he's, he's kind of pushed aside. Now he's, you know, standing in the corner, you know, watching, uh, watching these guys fight his fight for the belt. I think, I think he should have been in there. It was really his, this is, should have been his title shot. Yeah, I, I feel like they easily. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, what they should have done, in, in my opinion, is you know the uh, Corey Sanhagen, Aljamain Sterling, and then Peter Yan versus Jose Aldo. But then the winners fight for the belt, not give it to you know uh, Aldo and Yan right off the bat. If do you think? What do you guys think? Yeah. Uh, Sterling versus Yan, and Sterling versus Aldo. Who who would take it? Honestly, I I think Sterling takes both of them. He's a he. It'd be another another belt uh, for the Sarah Longo team. I think I think he's got the juice. I think he's going to go all the way. He will be. I think he's going to be the champ. Yeah. Yeah. He, he has the skills. Yeah, I think he finally got put it all together. Yeah, that is all. Yeah, I mean. He, I think he really put it all together, and I think he saw in the last, like pretty much his last few performances, is just that increase in skill and knowledge. And one thing I did hear, like even Peter Yan didn't expect to get the title shot this quick either. I think it's just more Dana White kind of pushing that, and like you know they just kind of see a lot of good things in him. Which obviously, I mean, if you just see Peter Yan how he fights, he's an explosive fighter. He's very entertaining to watch. And so that's always the kind of people you want to put in the forefront. But yeah, like Peter Yan on his Fight Island, like in the Embedded, 
he was saying, he was like, I didn't really expect the fight for the belt. Like, I kind of felt like I, I did still need to do a few more, but here I am, you know? Cause, so, I mean, him, he kind of, you know, is also going for it. You know, he, he could have said no. He could have said it, but he's like, how are you going to say no to taking that kind of opportunity, especially if people believe in you? Yeah, I, I feel like the UFC just had to um, make this dis- decision and um, get a title fight out there because I, I'm, I'm sure they obviously wanted to stack this card and you, you can kind of look across the board. There really wasn't any other champions available, so they probably already had plans to you know have the Bantamweight title on the line for this card, um, not knowing that Henry Cejudo was going to re- retire. So they, they probably were already planning to try to book him against somebody. Um, and I, I feel like that's why, uh, you know, Peter Yan and Jose Aldo are, are getting this opportunity to fight for the actual title because uh, this would be a perfect like number one contender. But yeah, like I don't think it's like a championship fight right off the bat. This is this is like how um, kind of like didn't Aldo get his one forty five title like this too? Yeah, he got fought title well, against Mark Hominick, Canadian Mark Hominick, I think. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, uh, so what what had happened was when uh, WC folded into the UFC, he was just granted uh, the UFC uh, featherweight title. So he didn't actually fight to get the oh, belt because because right. they just kind of brought him in. But that fight against Mark Hominick, that was awesome. He just came up short. Just we just got we just got George. We can't we can't get another title in Canada. Uh, don't worry, <laughs> you guys had that that uh, Spencer. Spencer had no ch- like, not to get off topic, but no, Spencer fine. just got <laughs> dominated by the best UFC fight, best MMA fighter ever. Amanda Nunez is the best fighter yeah, to ever do clinic. it. Uh, but dude, Canada, you guys have a Tanner Boser. He's he's going to be future heavyweight champion. He, he, he has that potential. <laughs> he had a great, he had a really good knockout, but. Uh, it was really explosive for, for uh, I did not expect that. That was the first time I think I've ever, I don't even think I, I knew who who he was before. Mm-hmm. And um, very explosive, but I don't, we'll see. We'll see what, he, what he's got in, the, in, in store for the future. But what about the division of 135 in general now? Is it that now, has it now become the best division after kind of, a bit of time it's like this overlooked division uh, if i'm being honest like i i, I just don't know because I, I feel like um minus flyweight I, I feel like every division has like like so many awesome matchups where i like i don't look at any of them as like a, a boring division like oh shit like why do we have to get through this but it's like no like there's like i'm so invested in every division um which is crazy so i literally don't know like which division is best? Uh, because like they're all, they're all entertaining. I mean, shit. Just think about lightweight. Like lightweight alone, like that whole title picture with that's crazy. I mean, and then you look yeah, at welterweight is- with like Masvidal, Covington, Usman, and then you got Burns in the background. You got like, I mean, it just seems like there's just beasts in like every weight class right now. Adam weight definitely has come a long way because I mean it was primarily kind of dormant for a bit because you know like Cruz had the belt for a long time but off and on with you know because he always get hurt it kind of just maybe stalemated 
that because you know you always got to continue having the champion fight and do stuff to keep you know the fire alive i mean that's what i gotta feel with it so and i just feel like everything right now is very alive and everyone's got you know like everyone wants to see israel adesanya fight someone you know what i mean like we want to see him against paula costa and all the other ones you know it's just an exciting time i think it's just we got some of the best fighters currently ever. Do do you do you think that with some some of the recent fights that have happened for Bantamweight, we even have Frankie Edgar moving down to Bantamweight. I think his fight was canceled though, unfortunately. Um Yeah, the guy got COVID as opponent. Yeah, it was uh, Pedro Munoz. But they it's just a division with really hungry people. Everyone's really going out there you can see it in the fight especially the ones lately cody garbrandt big comeback yeah Dude, that was an ass KO. that knockout was wild but i thought i thought it was going to be it i thought that was his caught he was going to get cut yeah it, yeah honestly it was really sketchy for him yeah if he would have lost that would have been pretty bad but i'm, I'm looking uh, at the Bantamweight, and I, I I feel so stupid for not even bringing him up, but yeah, Bantamweight, dude, Sean O'Malley, he, I think he's the future. Like, like yeah. obviously, uh, he, he's um, what like two fights in from coming back from having that that long layoff, but both performances, he's like performed like you know over the top. And when I'm I'm looking at the rest of the the division, obviously there's some there's some like you know older fighters that's been around for for a bit. Like I'm looking at like uh, Jimmy Rivera, Rafael Asuncao. They've been around for a bit and probably on their way out because I, I feel like uh, if they were to match him up against Sean O'Malley, I think he takes like both those guys. But obviously, like I feel like they see the superstar potential in him, so I think they're gonna kind of bring him along at a slower pace instead of just kind of thrusting him into the spotlight and taking out like you know um, a, a lot of the contenders like really early. Uh, yeah, they, they, he's calling they, for Cody already. already. Sorry, go ahead, Brandon. I mean, Cody and him are talking shit too, you know? Dude, sh- sh- I, I wonder. I wonder how that one would go. I, I think Cody might, 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 uh, at this stage, kind of take him. But maybe in a few more fights, he's ready for someone like Cody. I, yeah. I think. I think he definitely needs more. I, I think right now, Sean O'Malley could. Uh, I think Sean O'Malley would push Cody to the point where he would be like old Cody and fight his like, you know, fight out of emotion and get knocked out. Cause he, he's so long for that division. I feel like he would be able to, you know, just kind of, uh, you know, jab him and uh, just trying to get him off of his game from a distance. That's a good matchup, man. But yeah, Bantamweight's saying you never know. I mean, you can picture it, but yeah, I, that fight's gotta happen at one point. Cause that would probably be the one they use to thrust him into the title contention. Yeah, because they ha- and like I I don't like to you know uh, put too much stock into the the rankings, but they currently have Sean O'Malley rank uh, fourteen, um, which is like you know fine whatever it's his second fight back, but he's like his skills like so much greater than being ranked fourteen. Volkanovski versus Holloway featherweight title. Bless yourself, which I'm like. I'm just really curious because obviously I feel like Max is trolling everybody, saying that he he um, only trained uh, like over Zoom. There's no way uh, that he did that. I I don't believe it, but I'm I'm just really uh, 
curious to see how this rematch goes because normally uh, you know for champs to get a, a rematch right away after lo- losing their title it, it normally doesn't really uh, go over that well so I, i'm really nervous for him to to take it like you know right away because yeah, if, if he loses to volkanovsky he's going to be put into like this weird purgatory and he's going to have to wait until there's a new champion because there's no way that they're going to book him a third time against volkanovsky especially if he's you know lost to him two times in a row he he needs to he needs to win this to not especially like you said he'd have a a, a long road back to the to the belt. It's I I think I think I think Holloway might might uh I think Holloway might fight a little different of a fight this time. That was an incredible they had an incredible fight. Um, I it's. It's tough to it's tough to say if if like you said if he did really uh, do the zoom training and not spar if if that'll hurt him a lot or if maybe how some people are are changing how they're training they're not sparring as much they they're relying more on their skills they know they know how to how to fight at this point but I I think I think it's I think Holloway's gonna win this fight. And you got to think about, uh, sorry to cut you off, Nate, but uh, you, you got to think about his active schedule and how grueling all those fights were. And this is the first time that he's been able to have like a you know, significant amount of time off to actually let his body heal. So I'm, I'm really interested to see how he comes out and performs for this fight. Sorry, Nate. No, that's cool. He's, honestly, he's young, right? He's, no, not, like, he's not even 30, is it? Is he? No, he's like 28. He's, oh my god! Yeah, he's like 28, 29. He's not even 30 yet. So has you know plenty of time to grow and get you know he's going to be in the UFC for a while. But honestly, I kind of think Volkanovski has this because I I've been watching the embedded, and his um, Holloway's trainer said they did train via Zoom. Like he wasn't lying about that. I mean, unless he's in on it too, but I kind of just felt like it was a pretty genuine statement. And uh, the first time they were ever hitting mitts and stuff together were on Fight Island. So, I don't know. But the only thing I think would... Well, see, too, so I was going to say like maybe the island climate, but Australia is a very uh, hot place as well, even though they're going to be inside, but just like the whole atmosphere and like everything kind of just affects you differently when you're in this especially a place like that because they're as hot as where you know i'm from it's like palm springs it's like 116 but um yeah i think volkanovsky he he even reached out to the australian government so he can get special permissions as far and like do all this stuff i just kind of feel like he's taking this extremely seriously i just kind of feel like he has that understanding of max holloway's game i think he's very well prepared and i think he's way prepared for this fight in comparison to Holloway and I just think it's going to be pretty apparent. Interesting. All right. That, that, that's a uh, going to be a, a really awesome uh, co-main event. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to see them go at it again because like, uh, you know, Volkanovski is super confident and he's always been confident, like, uh, you know, especially on his way up to the title. And I, I know that he he's um, always been able or always been in his mind, uh, you know, fighting against Max to be a favorable matchup for him. So I'm, I'm really curious to see how this plays out again in the rematch. But um, moving to the main event, uh, Kamar Usman versus Jorge Masvidal. 
this one's going to be pretty wild. I, I'm really excited to see how um, Jorge pushes the the pace because I feel like he's going to go after it, just like how he uh, knocked out Ben Askren, how he defeated Nate Diaz. I, I feel like he's going to go in there and, and be way more aggressive than Kamara Usman, and I'm, I'm just really curious to see uh, both of their game plans and uh, see how this fight finally plays out because I, I've been wanting to see this matchup for a really long time. It, it feels like a little bit like everything has gone Jorge's way. He had issues with the contract. He got this scenario where he has the power. He saves the card. He saves the main event. Um, Kamaru also did because he could have just declined the fight, uh, which I think anybody, I don't know why anyone takes short notice fights. I think it's such a such a bad idea because it's because it's so risky but i think he was i think he he doesn't have to worry about the wrestling of of jorge it's the striking and i think kamaru's got great striking but what a what a win for for masvidal just just by getting whatever he wanted in his contract that he made him content uh now he's got a title shot now he's he's become this huge star that just makes him bigger there's it's just it's all it's it's the it's the Jorge Masvidal experience it's the Jorge Masvidal show everyone's a big fan this is just perfect for him I think he I think he's had he matches up pretty well I don't think he I think Kamaru's gonna take the fight but I think it's going to be a great fight I'm not saying that uh, there's no chance. I think it's it's kind of like my it, it's like that. I think sixty percent uh, Kamaru, forty percent Jorge. I think Kamaru just had a little more time training. I think he looked really good in his fight against Covington. I think his stand ups really really improved. He's got incredible wrestling, and I think I think he's just gonna be a little too big for for um all. yeah I, I mean it's like honestly if I, I it's like one of those things it's like one like the one in a million chances if Masvidal just connects with something that's because you know like I kind of like even like going back to the Ben Askren fight who no one would have ever predicted that would happen you know like KO and USC history like we just figured that you know Masvidal was going to get taken down and just really what he could do from that he had, I mean, if he's saying he's been preparing for Usman, because I kind of feel like he felt he was going to get the title shot regardless of what, you know, the UFC was thinking. And I think he's very well prepared for Usman, but I actually just think Usman's really, really talented. I mean, he's not really the best, like, personality, you know, he kind of, like, has that, you know, a lot of people like to point out, like, he's kind of, like, putting up a show, like, putting up a facade as you were like a character like he's not really as he portrays himself but he he is a very talented fighter and i mean just the heart he showed in the covington fight you know like some of those hits that they got tagged with both sides just and most people would have gone out and i feel like if usman could have you know handled that kind of storm i think he can handle most of what masvidal does but it, 
you know, he, he seems pretty hurt, though, because you see a lot of things about Usman complaining that he's not getting as much attention in the media in comparison to Masvidal. It's kind of become the Masvidal show. So how much does pride and, you know, kind of like being envious of someone else, like that can, you know, poison the way you fight because you might want to try to prove a point more than actually stick to a plan. But I kind of feel like Usman is going to stay focused and just take it. But, I mean, there's a lot of things to consider. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. But uh, uh, as much as uh, you know, Usman is upset, it's kind of, I feel like, his, his own fault. Because I, I feel like when I look at Usman, I don't get too excited. I'm kind of just like whatever about him. And I feel like that's like, probably like the worst thing you can have. Cause I feel like um, if you're in the spotlight, you're going to want people to either to love you or to hate you not to be in the middle, because if, if they love you or hate you, th- th- they're going to show up because they're either going to want to see you, you know, win and be glorious or see you get beat up. So for, for, uh, for me, and I feel like a lot of people like, you know, feel the same way and, and they're kind of neutral. Cause he's not that exciting of a fighter. Like, yeah, he's had some great victories. Uh, he beat Tyron Woodley. Uh, his Colby fight was awesome, but Outside of that, his fights haven't really been that impressive. So, like, I I can understand why people are way more excited on Masvidal because if you look at what he did against Ben Askren, the fastest knockout in UFC history, um, which was insane. Because if you think about like their uh, build up and the attention that they had, and for him to pull that off against somebody like Ben Askren, who has been legendary in MMA, you know, being amazing in uh, Bellator and Ryzen, and then coming over. Uh, it was insane. And then the way that, uh, you know, he fought for this title that Nate Diaz created and the way he put out Nate Diaz, which was uh, really, really like uh, amazing for him to do. Like I can see why people are way more excited to see Jorge fight versus Usman. What, what, what happens if Jorge wins? Who does he, who does he fight? He said he wants to fight Diaz. Like he wants to give him the rematch because he feels, you know, they got robbed of the like a true conclusion. Even though I kind of feel like George was going to win regardless, but you know, that's one like one of the things he was saying that, and um, he named someone else. It was uh, Stephen Thompson. I can't think of who it was. Yeah, Stephen I, Thompson for whatever reason. Because he he wants to write oh, that wrong. His last law. Yeah. He he said that he felt like he yeah. could perform way better than he did that night, and he said that he um, he wants to run it back because he feels like he could uh, take out Thompson. I I would love to see Thompson win the belt and retire. I think Thompson is a great fighter. He's one of my favorite, um, just because of his style. But I think he's the most beatable, and no one takes advantage of of doing things like. I know it's hard to get in on him and just be aggressive, but if when he fought uh, Vicente, Vicente Luke, uh, he when he would rush and charge and be aggressive and not give Wonder Boy chances to reset, he did really well. He landed, and I feel like that's what Masvidal could would do in, in if they had a rematch. He would be more aggressive. He would get him up against the cage, put him down. He he's a tough fighter, but I think he there's a there's a blueprint to beat Wonder Boy, and I think Jorge his style would match up really well. But I think Wonder Boy is is a fight or so away from from the UFC wanting to give him a shot. And I don't know about Nate Diaz, but getting it'd be interesting to see Nate Diaz get a title title shot, and it'd be a nice 
uh, career-ending moment maybe if he won the title and walked away from the sport. You know, what it, what makes me uh, feel kind of sad is uh, th- this whole uh, welterweight division, th- th- there's this one guy who's been getting overlooked even though he, he has the the record, the the wins, and he just gets, you know, just been getting the shit end of the sick. Like, I 100% don't think Nate Diaz should get the title shot if Jorge wins. I feel like it, uh, they should do uh, either uh, Colby Covington versus uh, Leon Edwards or Tyron Woodley versus Leon Edwards, and the winner of that get the title shot because because uh, uh, frankly Leon Edwards has just been getting screwed left and right, and he should have been fighting for the belt already. But uh, you know, just circumstances with what's going on with the world and where he's uh, you know currently at, and you know he just couldn't get into the states for, to, to get these fights. It, it's been a rough go for him, and I and I feel for him. He, he has a pretty significant uh, win streak right now. It, it's seven or eight, something like that. I'm looking it up right now. It, I think it's. Uh, I think it's bigger than that, actually. No, it, it's actually uh, it's eight. But and oh, his only okay. loss is to Us- Usman, right? Uh, in the UFC, no, um, he lost in way the, back in the UFC. Uh, he lost his actually his first UFC fight against Claudio Silva. It was a split decision. That was way back in 2014. Okay, but his last losses to Usman. Yes, and that was uh, back in 2015. So you guys think about it. For the past five years, he's been on a eight fight win streak. It's insane, and he's beat some top names. Like, dude, that, that yeah. gu- his fight against Gunnar Nelson. Like, I I didn't think he stood a chance, but dude, he totally you know proved me wrong. He's become the Tony Ferguson of of the welterweight division. Just always, always, just you just got to win. 30 more fights and then you'll get your title shot it seems for some of these guys yeah especially people that deserve it (laughs) and and you know what it's Edwards is actually perfect if from from the UFC's perspective because he has the history with uh Masvidal if Masvidal wins and he has the the loss to uh you know he 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 deserves the shot but he has a loss to Usman that he wants to to uh, to avenge. So it's perfect either way to set it up for for Edwards. I I think he he could be champion. I think he matches up really well against a lot of people. I think Masvid, um I think Edwards should fight for the belt. But I think uh, a good fight for him if he wasn't fighting for the belt would be uh, Stephen Thompson, who I think should be a little more in title contention. But I think he needs maybe one more fight to, to get him up in there. Yeah, it's interesting to see what kind of matchups. Because now you got to think even with, like, where does Woodley fit in this whole picture? Because, like, even now it's like, you know, he lost his fight to Burns pretty decisively. So he, he doesn't even feel like he can call out people. But And then where's Burns in all this, too? You know, he did, like, completely demolish, you know? So it's like, do you match him, like, burns up with whoever loses this title fight or you know you do the Leon Edwards versus Burns that kind of signify who fights next I mean you kind of forget like you know it sucks for him because he had this opportunity you know regardless of you know the circumstances like it was technically his shot and it sucks that you know this pandemic took him out of that you know possible life-changing moment I can imagine the feeling. It wasn't his like, time. He was he was getting on the or he was a he was going to leave. He was in Las Vegas, right? And then they they 
they they told him like he was ready to to leave right he was just in quarantine yeah they were for results yeah they did the quarantine so if they would have passed the 24 hours and he came out positive he would have got on the plane to go to fight island yeah but him and his coach that's heartbreaking Dude, um, I, I think it, it just, you know, it, it wasn't his time. He, like, granted, he, he did have that impressive win against Divine Woodley. intervention. Yeah, it, it, it wasn't his time. It, 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 this is the street Jesus. Uh, he, he knew the whole time. That's why he, he's been training, even though he, he's on, you know, technically six days notice. He's he, he's really been training. Like, I, I don't know if you guys read the statement from Mike Brown, which bums me out that one of his main coaches couldn't make it out because uh, he tested positive for COVID, but he went um, pretty in depth and had an awesome statement about what he thinks of Masvidal leading up into this fight. Uh, he basically spoke about how Masvidal has been fighting for so long and his fight IQ is so high that uh, he's definitely well prepared for this fight. So for people to think that just because he took it on six days notice that he hasn't been training and that he um, isn't going to be well prepared, that uh, they got another thing coming. Yeah, I mean, he does have a chance, man. Like, it's like, that's what makes this matchup so interesting. Is like, he's been on this terror shocking people with, you know, because he, you know, like, he went on that reality show and he just came back like a whole different person. Like, how he says, like, the resurrection. Like, he just, you know, rejuvenated everything about his life and that's the way he fought. And, it, it, you know, sometimes you just got to have that mental focus and confidence and you can pretty much you know get to anywhere you want I think it's his long hair he, he grew his hair back out and started winning that's that's yeah. how he's going to beat Wonder Boy if he fights him because Wonder Boy fought him when he had short hair now he's going to fight Wonder Boy with long hair it's going to be a different whole different story yeah it's, it's going to be insane yeah. Okay, so uh, who are you guys picking? Just just to be clear, like I, I'm picking Jorge Masvidal to come back with a, the upset, and he's going to walk away uh, baptizing Kamar Usman. I, I think Usman's going to grind him out. U- Usman, I think I I really see a decision, but I I could see I could see a, a I could see a, a finish. I could see. In, in maybe the third or fourth round, Usman Usman looked really good against Covington. That was his, one of his best showings against a really tough fighter. Um, I don't know what what the game plan would be if he just wants to stand and strike with with Masvidal, who is probably a little bit better of a striker. But Usman's just that classic wrestler, more of a well-rounded fighter he could he might want to put him on the ground you just george st pierre the fight like late late career welterweight george st pierre just be get get the mount just be on top control control in in side position and land elbows or 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 whatever until he gives him his back and he can he can uh sink in a choke or something it it, it could like he's like Nate said, it could be a it could be a grind for uh for Masvidal. He could just have a really bad long night, five rounds of just being just slowly punished by by Kamaru. He he kind of reminds me a little bit at times of of George like George, kind of a similar similar thing. 
yeah, he he has that that skill set. You know, he, he has that really awesome wrestling, and his his striking's, I, I, in my opinion, getting better. He's out there training with Henry Hooft, and um, or is he? Wait, is he training with Henry Hooft? Or am I mixing it up? Oh, no, I'm sorry. He's actually not training with Henry Hooft for this fight because I, I remember uh, Henry Hooft was going to corner Gilbert Burns, and then they asked him if he was going to go out since Gilbert Burns got pulled and he said that he was going to stay away from this fight because he said that he might have to, you know, corner against him in the future. So just to avoid any weird weirdness, but, um, but his striking is improving. Well, Luke's been trained with, um, Gaethje and then, so he trained with Whitman. Uh, Oh, true. Yes. Which, which I'm excited for because, uh, Gaethje getting that, you know, obviously he's a, a highly touted wrestler as well, but for him to get that look uh, against Usman, who, who's the champion and has like that crazy grinding style that Khabib has, uh, it, was, it was definitely a, an awesome thing that they went out and were able to train together. It's it's going to be a great fight. I think, I think Usman will take it, but I'm happy that as long as uh, everyone's safe and, and, and everything, I'm glad that, uh, I'm glad that they're going to be doing it. I got to go, but I've had Jamie and Nate. I'm happy. I, I'm happy you guys are safe. Stay safe. Uh, peace and love. I'm out. All right. See ya. Thank you. Thank you, man. You have a good one. That's awesome. He he told us 15 minutes and he gave us a whole hour. Uh, I, I felt a, a, a little yeah. rushed because I wanted to get get all of his, his thoughts because uh, Brandon and I talk all the time uh, about the fights whenever they go down. So it, it was awesome to have him back on the MMA podcast and um, yeah, gracious with his time. So I'm definitely stoked that he was able to do that. And especially last minute too, because I, I reached out to him literally 15 minutes before we got on the call and he was good to go. Uh, and especially for him, he's on like East coast time uh, um, out there in Canada. So it's like midnight where he's at and uh, you know, it's not as late for Nate and I, so I definitely appreciate uh, Brandon giving us his time. And it's, and it's always a good, good time to catch up and speak MMA with him. Yeah, you got really into it, man. Like, I mean, it's just a great card. I mean, we didn't even talk about any of the other notable fights either. I mean, it's just, just if you just watch the pay-per-view, you're going to be set, you know? Yeah, for sure. And and um, like I said, uh, he had that hard out, so I, I just wanted to cover the the main card because I wasn't sure how long he was going to go. So that's why I was kind of like pushing it, like, shit, like, we got to get through this. But um, we, we can go back. Yeah. We can go back. Uh, w- one of the fights I was really excited for. talk about the notable one. Yeah, um, we got uh, Ozdemir coming back, which I don't even know who the hell he's fighting. I can't pronounce this guy's name because uh, it got a bunch of weird symbols. He's and I don't want to like be a Russian champion. From what he was like, from I was like, I saw like the thing about it. Like um, Dana White was talking about the ones you may not know, uh-huh. and he was saying like that guy's like a like every like I think every win he has is a knockout. Is what he was saying. <laughs> like so, it's just like oh, like he's a he's a big like he's a strong crazy Russian guy so I mean it sounds like he might be the next big thing so this might be where either Bolkin kind of drops off really hard or he you know solidifies that he belongs at the top yeah because was who was Ozemir's last fight I'm trying to remember off the top of my oh he fought that um, Alexander uh, Reykik guy yeah and that was a split decision that was a pretty good fight too but Okay. Yeah. Okay. So th- this guy and his name's a uh, uh, Jiri Prokakzaka. Uh, dude, see, I'm so bad. I should not have tried that. But his last <laughs> it, fight, it, it's a pretty, it's a pretty <laughs> tough name. Yeah. 
So uh, his last fight, um, he he was uh, fighting in Ryzen, and he actually uh, knocked out uh, CB Dalloway. And then, Dalloway. and then before that, he knocked uh, he knocked out uh, Fabio Maldonado. We all know him. And then, uh, oh, okay. And then yeah. before that, he TKO'd uh, Mohamed Lawal. So, yeah. So yeah. So, the, so I mean, he's fought some pretty good people. Yeah. So. I'm actually really excited for that matchup now too, because it's always nice to have new blood. In the <laughs> you just read that, you just yeah, dude. That's the thing. That's the amazing thing. You can just find out about someone literally like out of nowhere, where you're just like, what? Like this guy's been doing what? And then you just kind of like just see like the highlights, and you're like, holy hell! You know, it's just it's just an easy sport to get pumped up about. Okay, real quick. Um, current events. You did you watch the Mike Perry video that's going around? Oh my god! Yeah, jeez, that guy. It's like I don't even know. Like he's just unhinged now. <laughs> I, I, you know what I'm uh, super uh, curious about is how did he not go to jail? I don't know because if the guy doesn't press charges, I mean, that's the thing. They can't really do anything about it. But uh, was he in the wrong? Because um, in the video, like obviously the guy was you know way older and out of shape. But he put hands on Mike Perry first, so would that be considered self defense? Yeah, it, it can be, and depending on the um, the state, you know, it varies by you know what counts as assault. Like in California, he probably would have went to jail. Well, yeah, he was in California. I don't know. He probably just. It probably was just because the guy didn't push charges on him, I would say. But, um, yeah, it's, it's tough to say. I don't know if he can not get repercussions from, like, the UFC because it's pretty extreme. Yeah, you have a, a professional fighter knocking out a civilian, which, uh, you know, in, in the past that, that's happened. Like, uh, why, why can't I think of his name? Uh, the guy who's on Sports Illustrated. Um, uh, well, pre, uh, BJ Penn. <laughs> oh, well, I'm talking about uh, positive situations. BJ Penn getting knocked out. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was. <laughs> he, he needs to. Um, he, he needs to chill out. Pettis on the Wheaties box is good. Yeah. No, no. I'm. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm. I'm talking about a, a public, like you know, altercations. No. Oh, okay. Oh, hold on. I'm gonna. Okay, nah, his name's uh, uh, Roger Huerta. Remember that there's that video of that uh, football player guy like I'm um, beating up a girl, and he ran over there and was like, "Yo, what are you doing?" And then he ended up like knocking out like that football player because uh, he was um, helping out oh, that girl who's getting beat up. It was, it was crazy. Oh, well, no, I've never seen that. Man. Oh, really? I'll I'll definitely send you the link because it's 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 pretty insane. Um, but yeah, it was okay. like I, I watched that video of Mike Perry and he was like super heated. And obviously um, it was like, you know, in, in the midst of whatever um, that um, dispute was. But uh, just obviously uh, that that um, older man should not have put his hands on Mike Perry. And Mike Perry um, obviously was probably, you know, uh, intoxicated. 
and and if he was like you know clear-minded he probably could have handled it different like you know easily just like you know trip takedown or just not knock out the old man because uh, it's, it's definitely not a good look yeah. uh you know this uh ufc uh this professional fighter just punching a civilian it's uh you know definitely not and right yelling the n-word at people uh no uh, i he uh, he's okay to say that because uh, he's two uh, percent African American, if I believe I'm correct. <laughs> oh my god, just... that guy's crazy. He doesn't deserve. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, he he came out. I, I think it, it was a um, on the the MMA or on Ariel Hawani's MMA show. He he came out and said that he's two percent African American because he he's been questioned before uh, about saying that, and that's how he he justifies yeah. it. I don't know if it's true or not. But uh, it's definitely uh, weird in this climate to see, uh, you know, a, a, a light-skinned person screaming that out, um, and especially calling a, another white person. It's weird, but uh, it, it, I hope he yeah. gets the help that he needs because um, the UC came out with, with a public statement and they said that you know Mike Perry acknowledged what he did and uh, has came out and said that uh, he's going to seek help and UFC said that they weren't going to book him in a fight until he's completed uh, some sort of treatment and they're going to kind of go from there so I think it's awesome that they're actually in communication and they're trying to help him uh, you know get through whatever he, he needs to with, with these like issues with alcohol because uh, he has potential like I, I counted him out in his last fight but he, he proved me wrong and I'm you know Wow, wanting to see him do good. I, I never want to see anybody fail, but like, you know, just going out in public and doing that, it's just, it's not a good look. Yeah. I mean, it just looks, you know, it's just like anything. They always want to say, like, you know, these people are meatheads and they're not smart and not that, but just brutes, or, you know, women, you know, women beaters. Like, we don't, you know, like these people are like, you know, professionals and, you know, great human beings. Like, some of them do some amazing things, like that, you know, like Poirier being the, first person to be put in the hall of fame for like charity or you got the it was the Forrest uh, griffin award yeah for that yeah that's amazing that's awesome that's really good news too like it's cool that they start to recognize like the contributions of you know like or their fighters as well yeah it's awesome and i don't know if you saw um you know max holloway um after this fight he's gonna donate his fight kit and you know donate the or uh, put it up for auction and then donate the money to charity which i think is really awesome yeah so yeah Yeah, it's great i mean that's like the kind of things like that's the type of positive things that you know these fighters should be striving for I mean, it's like you got this responsibility, you got this spotlight, use it for, you know, the advantage, like elevate everyone around you. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, I'm, I'm trying to think. So uh, for, for people listening, uh, Nate is actually driving up to Orange County to watch the fights. And I think this is the, the first time you're ever doing that to drive up to watch a fight, but I'm trying to think when was the last time you actually came to orange County just to hang out? I'm trying to think. Um, I think the last time I don't know when we went to that comic store, never, I was on call. Yeah. You're doing work in the parking lot. Uh, oh, what well, was that for? Uh, yeah. Oh, was that for horror nights? Yeah, that was for horror nights. Right. That was for horror nights. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that was the last time I was out there. Okay. 
Yeah, hell yeah. Because, uh, I mean, after that, everything just went to hell. You know what I mean? True. Oh, um, well, I guess I should bring this up to live on uh, the air. I was uh, speaking to Garrett because I uh, know that you're going to, you know, uh, stay over and be in town on Sunday. And we're trying to figure out what we could do, you know, as far as like, you know, getting breakfast or whatever. Uh, I suggested mm-hmm. we try to, uh, you know, brave the storm and go to downtown Disney because today was the first day it reopened and it was definitely hectic. Um, yeah. The talks of the insane lines and then the people um, in downtown Disney just not following social distancing and people like acting like it's a Black Friday and just buying up all sorts of crazy stuff. So I, I, I know Garrett was a little um, uh, hesitant, but I, I kind of pushed him and I was like, dude, like, let's just try it out. And he eventually was like, all right, like he's down. So I, I was just going to run it by you to see if um, you'd be down sunday morning to try to hit downtown disney yeah man, i don't care um, might as well join the rabid people of orange county yeah it's, it's gonna be a, an, an interesting experience uh, but i'm definitely you know here for that and hopefully we're able to you know stay safe and uh, you know at least keep people away from us uh and not catch the COVID out there I bought some more hand sanitizer and stuff. I'm definitely going to have that with me. Okay. Hell yeah. Well, um, I was speaking to Garrett as, as well. Uh, I, I mentioned to him that you were going to try to locate a, a bottle of the Warbringer whiskey. Uh, and then I, I told him that you'd mentioned that um, you could get the Jorge Masvidal tequila. And he, he told me that he's yeah. uh, he, that he's down to drink tequila. And so is Johnny. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to try to look for them. I was going to check out the Total Wine because, I mean, they had the proper 12, you know, like when it first got released, and that was insane. I couldn't believe that we were able to find it. I mean, it seems like now I see it all over the place, but, Mm -hmm. you know, like at that point, it was like brand new, and people were like, oh, you got it. Like everyone was hyped. So getting one of those would be kind of the same feeling. Dude, that's how I felt. Like w- when I first had the bottle, I was like, "This is insane!" Like I- I'm not gonna drink it, but this is just insane because it-, it it was just like impossible to find anywhere. Like I I remember calling all the places out here in Orange County, and nobody had a bottle. Like like people like laughed at me because I-, I asked about it, and I was just like, "Dude, sorry, I got it." And it was that insane. But uh, granted, um, at the time, uh, it was just like the thing to have because Conor McGregor was like just super popular that's like uh, floyd May- mayweather time and stuff so it was uh, definitely a fun time to be able to finally get a bottle yeah you know it's funny like everyone i've given that whiskey to like given to a few people mm-hmm. and they've all liked it they've all said it was really good like i'm not really like a whiskey drinker you know okay and so like when i drank it it was freaking like rough you know because whiskey is really you know it has like a really pungent like flavor and so everyone else was like, ooh, it's like a good mid-range, like a good, like, you know, like, not like a basic, you know, cheap whiskey. Like, it was, you know, some class for, you know, a decent price. And when you give it to people, do they know, uh, like, where it comes from or, like, you know, who is, like, backing it? Or do they just think it's just some other random bottle of whiskey? Um, They don't, like, actively, like, like one one or two knew like it was like oh that's Conor McGregor you know whiskey like some were just like oh like uh, like 
what is this, like a new kind of whiskey? And then, you know, I go, oh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, Conor McGregor, that UFC fighter. And they're like, oh, like, you made a whiskey. Awesome. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that's sick. That, that's cool. Yeah, because everybody that I've ever talked to that has had it is, like, you know, said positive things. Like, even when uh, me, you, Johnny, and Garrett got together and Johnny had it for the first time and he was, like, super into it. Yeah. Hey man, we gotta test everyone else. We're gonna have to make a YouTube video comparing all three. All right. <laughs> Get every fighter drink we can. Yeah, because um, who else is out there? Because you told me about Jorge Masvidal. I didn't even know that one existed. And uh, I think a few people have beers or like some type of like special brew. I don't know. Why not? The I know a lot of people have CBD, <laughs> mm-hmm. but. Um, I don't know, man. I'm gonna have to look into. Like, I'm pretty sure someone out there has made like a ultimate list of like, you know, ventures from like fighters. So maybe we can find some maybe unknown ones that other people don't know. All right. Well, Nate, this has been awesome. I, I'm really excited for the card. UFC 251, Fight Island, aka Yas Island. Uh, I'm super stoked to to get together and watch this. Co- this fight card is going to be insane. Yeah, man, it's going to be, I, I mean, we made our predictions, but I mean, that's the beauty of the sport. You never know how anything's going to turn out. So I'm excited. I'm, I'm, you know, really hoping like it's just something like immaculate, like something that's going to be remembered, like as a high point and like all this madness. Do you remember the energy we felt when we watched that first card back when it was me, you, Johnny and Garrett and how excited we were? Like, I'm like, I'm getting that same feeling, even though there's been cards in between, but this one's just like something special. I'm just so excited for it on Saturday. Yeah, man. I mean, we got to hopefully, you know, everyone um, gets through the weight cut, you know, because that's going to, you know, they're going to weigh in tomorrow. Oh, early so i mean we're gonna know pretty don't, quick don't put any bad juju out there so, nate don't do it i'm not i'm just being realistic man don't you know they still, still gotta follow the rules unless fight island has no rules like that i guess they don't have a they don't have like a commit you know like a organization out there like for you know like an athletic commission now no, it's all governed by the UFC. I I, I think they, they might tap into a- Andy Foster and have him like oversee it. Uh, but actually, I haven't even looked into that for, for this fight because I just assumed that they had everything good to go. But I, yeah, that even crossed my mind. Like, like who is uh, you yeah, know, sanctioning it? Hmm, be interesting. Maybe they'll mention it like in the broadcast. Maybe building up. All right. Well, before we sign off, Nate, is there anything you want to shout out or plug? Uh, no, yeah, just leave me alone. No, <laughs> no, he's just like, I don't got nothing. I don't got a TikTok. You, you shouldn't use TikTok because they're probably still all your information. Yeah, that's Chinese spyware. Yeah, but yeah, man, they might be the, one of the first apps to ever be banned by the U.S. That's insane. Yeah, but but I, I I did see a funny meme that the U.S. is like freaking out about you know China stealing our. Uh, info but then in turn like all of the apps here like twitter facebook you know they're data mining our shit and selling it off so it's just like what the hell are they freaking out for yeah no like seriously like like, you can get information i mean people it's just insane what people can do now yeah remember uh in texas i uh called johnny's friend um on a block number and she discovered my number and called me back super upset 
<laughs> yeah. That yeah. was very strange and very unusual. <laughs> Weird. But anyways. That was pretty fun. <laughs> thank you guys for listening. I, I, I love uh, podcasting. I, I love talking MMA with my friends. Shout out Brandon. Shout out Wildside. Shout out Canada. Thank you, Nate, for always being down for doing the podcast. I, I appreciate it. It's always fun to sit down and talk to you about it. And I, I appreciate all of you guys for listening. Uh, and yeah, thanks again. Uh, just tune into the fight on Saturday and we'll be back again. Uh, Nate, if you're down, I'm thinking the DC uh, Steve Amiocic card if you're down. Yep, I'm always, man. All right. Here you go for it. Hell yeah. Thank you. And right. everybody out there, stay safe. Uh, this was fun. Nate and I will be back again with another MMA podcast. So thank you and have a good night.